Hello and welcome to CBS Radio Mystery Theater from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. The CBS Radio Mystery Theater presents... G. Marshall. Is there any one of us who does not long time and time again to get away from it all? To find a Shangri-La or a Bali High, some mystic island. Tom Reynolds was no different from all of us, except that he found not only his island retreat, but a lot more mystery than he bargained for. Hold it. Where are you going, Lieutenant? To search your cabin, Mr. Reynolds. I want to see a search warrant first. In this area, a search warrant is not mandatory. Now, the island is owned by an American. Correction, leased for 99 years. But it belongs to my government. In any case, might makes right, does it not? So you will not. You have no right to. You cannot stop me. <laughs> mystery drama, The Magic Key, was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Ian Martin and stars Paul Hecht. It is sponsored in part by Contact, the 12-hour cold capsule, and Buick Motor Division. I'll be back shortly with Act One. a man paying the price for achieving the American dream. In his mid-thirties, he has all the rewards of success. Executive vice president in a highly competitive business, married to his high school sweetheart, four children ranging from just pre-college age to Dinah, the little one, just about to enter kindergarten. A house in the suburbs, a summer place inaccessible enough to be exclusive, but cosmopolitan enough to be ultra-smart. Everything a man could possibly ask for, except inner peace. God, the pressure. The pressure of every day. Isn't that enough? All that noise and the long, rickety train ride before I can make it home and try to relax if the kids are quiet. I just, I just can't, I can't take it anymore. I should fill my ears with wax like Ulysses did for sailors or, or, or blot out my brain with some non-drug that gives a man release without bad after effects. And more and more, the nearest thing to that is Benny's Compound, the quietest bar in New York, dedicated to men like me who seek escape in controlled but dedicated drinking. Hey there, Tom. Hey, Josh. You ducking the 454, too? Yeah, I couldn't face it tonight without some inner fortification. Grab the 525. Yeah, me too. I thought nothing got to you, psychiatrists. <laughs> if we weather the patients, there's always other psychiatrists. You mind if I join you? No, no, be my guest. But the way I feel, you could turn out to be my private shrink. Oh, Paris is hot. 
I value our friendship too much. Well, you won't be able to unless I get away from this rat race. Whew, I'm coming apart, it seems. So, what do I do about it, Doc? You, uh, get away from it all. Oh, well, that's a lot of help. So the family moves to Martha's Vineyard for the summer, and I finally kill myself off making the extra commute to be with them weekend. No, 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 that isn't the idea. I mean, really get away. Oh, where? Would you believe it that I have an answer? Bat Island. <laughs> Bat Island? You've got to be kidding. Oh, I didn't make up the name. There aren't any bats there I know of. It's just some old sea dog thought it was shaped like a bat. Yeah, well, where is it? What is it? That's a good question, so I'll give you a good answer. It's a sandbar in the Caribbean with some lovely vegetation. Nothing lives on it except sand crabs, clams, and other unsophisticated species of life. But it has a charming villa a rich man built, a generator for light so you can use gasoline lamps, and absolute and complete and total isolation. You can be Robinson Crusoe. And except for old Doobie, who ferries you over by boat with your supplies, you don't even have a man Friday. Oh, I don't believe anything like that exists in this day and age. Oh, yes, it does, and it belongs to a patient of mine named Brewster. Presently off to the Far East, searching for his soul in other ways. But it's vacant, available, and free. So you're square on the spot, Tom. You really want to get away from it all? Josh, I kid you not. I'll have to go, or go real bananas. All right, then, grab the chance. Hey, you got me all fired up. I'll, uh, I'll talk to Martha about it. Hey, aren't you going to finish your drink? Uh, who needs it? i got to catch that 525. It all had seemed so wonderful and so right on the train going home, but then getting home and being with Martha and the children became a ridiculous notion. I decided I would drop the whole idea, and then, of all people... Martha revived it. We were on the way back from dinner with the Coltons. You all right, Tom? Oh, I'm just, just terribly tired, Martha, that's all. You want me to drive? Oh, we were any further away from home, yeah, but, but not this close. Tom, you worry me. Huh? You work too hard. And the children and I make too many demands on you. I wish you'd take some time off, have a rest. <laughs> that's funny. What? That's just what I've been thinking of. Only I didn't know just how to broach the subject to you. Well, do you have somewhere to go? Yeah. An island. Sand, sea, nobody else on it. We we could maybe just go native. Oh, no. What do you mean, no? Well, first, because I can't. And the boys don't need me anymore, but this summer the girls do. It's a social time for Lisa. And believe it or not, a mother is of some use getting her off the ground. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I'd only go for two weeks. Oh, no, you should take the whole month. Well, we'll see. But you're going. We've settled on that. Oh, I guess you have. Oh, Tom, don't try to con me. You know you had to go to begin with. All I'm trying to do is to tell you I'm with you. Or, I mean, you're doing the right thing. The right thing. Go away without Martha. I tried to imagine the two of us running naked on a forgotten beach. I keep in pretty good shape at the health club and with tennis, and Martha's incredible. Four children, she still wears the same size dress she wore in high school. But the thrill is gone. Somehow I don't care. I don't care about anything. 
just wheeling and dealing. Even that is beginning to fail. Inside, at 44, I'm a dead man. Unless I find some way to start living again. So, that's how, some weeks later, I found myself on my way to Bat Island. How far is it, Doobie? Oh, 25 minutes on the clock, if you count time. Or maybe better say beyond the horizon, the other side of the world. Oh, it's nice, huh? I am a 20th century man. But if I listen to my blood, my ancestors will tell me I have forgotten how to live. I should go find my own bat island. Hey, you're quite a philosopher. No. I only envy you, Mr. Reynolds. A man needs peace to find himself. You are going to have that chance. You are one lucky man. Why, thanks, Doobie. But maybe I'm not as tough as you. What do I do if the solitude scares me to death? There is a shortwave radio. But I don't know how well it works. Perhaps it is best if it does not. Why? If you want to find yourself, you must take some risks. Uh, maybe I don't want to find myself, really. Why not? I might not like what I find. Man loses so much for the years. He can also gain wisdom. I wonder. I crossed away from Doobie up to the bow of the boat, letting the wind drift drive in my face as the bow flung up the spray. My head was full of business pressure, worries, regrets that I had walked away from my work, fears of losing all I'd gained. Like a giant pressure cooker, everything pressing out against my skull as though it would blow it apart. Where had all the real things gone? Love, youth, laughter, just the sheer zest to be alive. For a moment, I was ready to step off the deck and down into the sea. And then I got my first view of the island. You hand the supplies to me. I will wait with them ashore. Okay, here's the first bail. Yeah. I, I, I think I'll come ashore too. We, we can unload later. I, I want to have a look at my new kingdom. The house was small. Two bedrooms, a cozy living room with a fireplace, an amazingly efficient kitchen, and a huge porch or lanai that fronted on the sea, looking off to the west. The island itself was a semi-tropical paradise. Australian pine and palm trees, passion flower, hibiscus, and bougainvillea, making a riot of dazzling color against the tans and greens. Even a small and incredible stream that welled up from a spring down from the volcanic hill that rose in the middle to make the body of the creature from which it took its name. The wings were two great coral reefs that shielded most of the beaches, and the head was the estuary of that little stream, a garden in a wilderness. You like what you see, Mr. Reynolds? Uh, so far, it's everything that was advertised and more. Does Mr. Brewster, whatever his name is, own this whole island? I don't know. Uh, surely if he doesn't, there would be other settlers here, or some of your own people, you even. <laughs> I told you, Doobie is a 20th century man. I have too many interests on Main Island. I suffer from the same virus as you have. You want to stay and share this heaven? No, but I thank you. No guts? 
I said I was 20th century man. That is not altogether true. I have deep ties to my ancestors. And what is heaven can be very close to hell. This island is for me and my people taboo. Taboo? That has an ominous sound. Not really. We have our own legends. You know the Lorelei? Yeah, the legendary nymph of the Rhine who lured sailors to their death by her singing. Yes. And her earlier sisters, the Sirens. Who tried the same trick with Ulysses. Doobie, you're a fraud. You're no shrimp boat man. Only by choice. Life is better and simpler. I am Harvard, class of 42. I am also Doobie Montesquieu Robert Faneuil. And my mother was a Vaudun. A voodoo priestess? <laughs> what are you trying to do? To be scare me right off this island? No, sir. I believe maybe you will find here what you seek. I will make it my own desire to have you find what you desire. But do not be surprised at anything which might happen here. This key is an island of powerful magic. And now I must go before the dark comes. Doobie. Incredibly tall and straight. The color of mocha. Not a hair grows on his head. I watch him stride away toward the setting sun, lifting the anchor from the sand. He wades to his boat, and in one easy, graceful movement, pulls himself aboard. He starts the engine, and incredibly quickly, the boat has melted into the twilight, and I'm alone. Suddenly, it's very cold, and I go to bed. I have been on the island for three days now, and I am the only living creature except for sea things. I'm not happy. I've learned too many things about myself. I'm jaded, burned out. Love is dead in me. I'm guilt-ridden as I face the fact that all the glowing, wonderful love I once had for Martha, the girl I married, is dead. All love is. The worst thing is the terrible coldness of being alone. Alone, alone. I walk the crescent of the beach. The only footprints are mine. Alone. And then I see her. For the first time, half in and half out of the water. The waves breaking over that exquisite body, swaying her hair like seaweed, motionless and incredibly beautiful. Is she real? Or is she illusion? I run toward her. So, there is a stranger in paradise. But... Is she alive or dead? Which is a speculation that seems obvious and simple enough on the face of it, but which is actually amazingly complex, as you will begin to discover if you return with me shortly to Act Two. and the water gently warm. But the castaway lady from the sea, for all her beauty, 
is cold to the touch. Her lips are slightly parted, showing the gleam of perfect white teeth. But if she breathes, it is imperceptible. There is no mark of violence on her flawless body, and not one stitch of clothing. Tom tries to revive her with artificial respiration, then mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, then finally picks her up and carries her to the cabin, wrapping her warmly in blankets and trying to make use of the shortwave radio. This is call letter XLB-59er Bat Island on emergency frequency 268. Do you read me? I need medical help. I need help. You're asking for help for me. I, I don't need it or want it. Hey, hey, you mean you, you're all right? I'm fine. I, I, I thought you were... Hey, uh, let, let, let me shut this off. Uh, uh, is, is there anything I can get you? Yes, something to drink, please. Some water, please. Oh, oh, sure, sure. Uh, here we are. Oh, thanks. Oh, that's good. You have some more? Yeah, sure. All you want. Uh, uh, what can I get you to eat? Uh, some eggs? I have all kinds of frozen meat, a veal steak, chops, pork. No, 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 no. I, uh, do you have any fish? I have a bucket of clams I just dug. Uh, want me to steam them for you? No, no, fresh. Just as they come up from the sand. <laughs> Coming right up. Hey, look, uh, you, you, you sure you should be eating anything? I mean, uh, let me try to raise a doctor on the radio. No, no, that's no use. Well, what do you mean, no use? I don't need a doctor, and uh, the radio won't work. How do you know? Well, you tried it, didn't you? Yeah. It doesn't work. Yeah, but I'm not accustomed to using it, and... Uh... Are the clams ready? Have you opened some clams? Yeah, sure. Here. Uh, let me get you some uh, lemon juice, uh, some Tabasco sauce. No, 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 sauce, nothing, some... nothing. I just want them the way they are. Fresh, living... Straight from the sea. There was nothing dainty about the way she ate those clams. This lovely, delicate woman wolfed them eagerly, voraciously, or as fast or faster than I could open them, licking her fingers after each with hungry enjoyment. The color was returning to her cheeks, and her eyes were shining now. They were a deep, deep sea green and big enough to drown in. Well, that's the last clam in a batch, lady. You want some more? No. No, thanks. But you saved my life. I was ravenous. Oh, I feel so sleepy now. Hey, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. Before you go to sleep, uh, can't, don't we talk a little first? About what? Well, it isn't every day I discover the most beautiful woman I ever met in my life just washed ashore in the altogether and... Lying as if she were dead on the sand. Where did you come from? I don't want to answer that. Why not? Oh, for sufficient reasons. You called me and I came. I, I called you? What, what does that mean? Uh, it isn't time to explain yet. Yeah, but, but what am I supposed to do with you? Uh, don't I notify someone where you are, that you're all right? No. Well, you must belong to someone. There must be someone looking for you. For this while, I belong to you. If you want me. Well, I, I don't know. I've got this crazy notion I must be losing my mind. Maybe I have already lost it. Are you really here? I'm here. Till it's time. Time? Time for you to go. No, I, I must sleep. I must rest. But look, uh, can't we at least exchange names? Uh, I'm Tom Reynolds. 
Well, don't you have a name? I want you to give me one. Your name for me. <laughs> I must be asleep. I-, I could wake up and find this is only what it's got to be, a dream. What is my name? Oh, uh, I don't know. Oh, okay, uh, wait, wait let, let me see. Uh, what day is it today? Uh, uh, Sunday. Fine, what was good enough for Robinson Crusoe is good enough for me. Better. All he got was a man Friday. Look at me. I come up roses with our gal Sunday. She was asleep before I remembered faintly that somewhere, once, there was a radio program called Our Gal Sunday. I'd have taken the name back, but it was too late. So, Sunday she became. And like the day itself, the Sabbath. It became a sort of gateway to heaven. The next few days, how many, gee, I don't remember, were peace and joy, and I was in the Garden of Eden. As long as I didn't ask questions. We'd walk and wade and swim, and she'd tell me things about sea creatures. Her knowledge was encyclopedic. This time of year, the tides are particularly low and high. Because the moon and the sun are directly in line with the earth. So at low tide like this, you can see a lot extra. What, what's that seaweed on the rocks? Well, this is rockweed. Uh-huh. But this is sea moss. And the long, lovely flowing green is sea lettuce. <laughs> Could you eat it? Of course. Everything under the sea can be eaten. But some things only if you know how. Oh, come on. Let's swim. Then we'll lie on the beach. <laughs> She swam like a fish. I never could keep up with her. And it seemed at least half the time she was under the water. When we lay on the beach, the sun and the wind dried me in moments. But I would glance over at Sunday. And that glorious body never seemed to lose the sparkling sheen of the water. Almost as though she had some quality in her skin which preserved the droplets so that she wore them as an opalescent dress. And then the inevitable interloper came to our paradise. We had been swimming together that morning, far out towards the reef. Look, Tom. Where? Out, beyond the reef. Dolphins. Yeah, crazy. Whole school of them. How would you like to ride one? What? Sunday? Who are you? Who are you, really? What are you? Why must you keep asking? Because you can't be real. How would I like to ride a, a dolphin's back? You, you you, could do that, couldn't you? Well, anyone can, you know. Under the right circumstances. What circumstances? <gasps> sea plane. Where? Can't see it yet, but it's coming. Oh, don't let them know I'm here. Not yet. Sunday! Sunday! Oh. I went down into the green depths after her, but clear as the water was, I could see her nowhere. I couldn't stay down long. I wasn't in that good condition. I kept surfacing and gasping a breath and then diving again and again and again. Nothing. By the time I was so completely winded that I knew I couldn't dive anymore. So I surfaced for the last time and... The seaplane was veering away from the island. I, I lost it in the sun. Not that I cared about it or anything at that moment. 
And then I looked at the shore, blinked the sun dazzle out of my eyes. Climbing out at the beach was Sunday. And heading for the cabin, I started to swim the shore as fast as I could. the devil was the idea of pulling a crazy stunt like that, Sandy? You almost gave me heart pain. Sorry, I, I I, just didn't want anyone from the plane to see me. Why? It isn't time to explain yet. Well, when, when is it going to be time? The plane. It's going to land. So what? It's a free ocean. They'll be coming here. They'll be looking for me. I want you to promise me something. Why? No matter who it is, or what they want or say to you. That you won't tell them anything. What can I tell them? I, I don't know anything about, about you, not even your name. You know, I'm here. Don't tell them that. Well, for heaven's sakes, why can't I? What are you afraid of? It's not what I'm afraid of. It's what you must be afraid of. Well, what does that mean? I... I can't explain. Ahoy, the cabin. We are police, and we are armed. If you are inside, come out and show yourself. Police. They won't harm you, and they can't find me. Go out and promise not to tell about me. I'd still like a reason. Will this be reason enough? If you do, I'll be gone. We know you are in there. Do you come out? Or do we come after you with guns? Yeah, hold it, hold it. I, I, I'm coming out. Just hold very still. My co-pilot checks you for weapons. In a beach coat and swim pants? I prefer not to take any chances. He is not armed, sir. Good. Keep him covered while we talk. Who are you? And what are you doing here? I'm a guest. Uh, I'm on vacation. A guest of Mr. Brewster's? I believe that's the name of the owner, yeah. And you also have a guest. Uh, no, I I'm alone here. I do not think that is the truth, Mr. Uh... Reynolds. Tom Reynolds. Well, who are you to come here throwing your weight around? Lieutenant Jeffrey Tarrant, area police. We're looking for someone. A Barbara Cody. You know her? No. Or perhaps under one of the other names. Smith? Harrington? The Countess Pirenkiel? <laughs> Princess Suleiman? Cornicott? No, no, look, I don't know what you're talking I about. I don't believe you, Mr. Reynolds. I don't believe that anyone could not be aware of one of the richest women in the world. Or that she has been abducted and disappeared into thin air with every available ship, plane, yacht, both civilian and police or army, searching for her. I think I am the lucky man who has found her. Watch him, Sims. Hey, hey, hold it. Where are you going? To search your cabin. I'd like to see a search warrant first. Mr. Reynolds, in the area... A search warrant is not mandatory. This island is owned by an American. Correction, it is leased for 99 years. But it belongs to my government. In any case, might makes right, does it not? So you will not. You have no right to. And you cannot stop me. Under the circumstances, Tom Reynolds is powerless to interfere. And all the warm glow of happiness and freedom and peace that has been banishing his shattered nerves and the feeling that he had died inside turns cold with fear. 
One way or another, it looks as if he is to lose this woman who has become all his life. This woman who either has no name or far too many. I shall return shortly with Act Three. seems endless as Tom Reynolds, the unwavering gun of the co-pilot covering him, listens to the opening and closing of doors from inside the cabin. Any moment, Sunday will be discovered, and some instinct deep inside him spells a warning that when she is, he will have lost his battle and will to live. Then suddenly, as the lieutenant returns, he can feel his heart lift with a wild hope. Sir, she is not in there. Where is she, Mr. Reynolds? I don't know who you're talking about. It is quite useless. We know you are not alone. How? When you were swimming a short while ago, from the air, my co-pilot saw another head beside you in the water. Right, Sims? You are right, Lieutenant Tarrant. I would swear I did. Uh-huh, you're not sure. Yeah, you know you're not. Hell, you came and buzzed me, didn't you? I wonder if we could have been mistaken. We will search the island, of course, but... But why? Uh, you can't put your gun away, Sims. Mr. Reynolds, you said you did not know the woman we are looking for. Yeah, well, when you asked me, I honestly didn't, nor did I want to. Huh, all those aliases. I figured she must be Fem Lib's latest and greatest triumph, a dame heading the ten most wanted list. But then... Then? That first name you gave me, uh, Barbara Cody, wasn't... or... Uh, isn't she the heir to the Cody tobacco interest? Uh, that is correct. And some feel after at least the last three of her husbands, almost certainly the richest woman in the world. Yeah, yeah. She's about what now, uh, 26? She's gone through five husbands? She doesn't seem to have much luck with her men. Uh, there are many who say they are the ones without the luck. Your American press have given her a name taken from her natal one, Barbara Cody. The beautiful barracuda. Yeah. That's probably because she doesn't like photographers. Isn't she always smashing cameras and suing the men behind them? Ah, yes, correct. Uh, that's why when she was abducted, many people were not surprised that no ransom note followed her disappearance. Then why would she be abducted? It is thought one of her enemies might have decided to exact his or her own revenge. Mm -hmm. How? She was in Nassau. She is an accomplished pilot. She took off in... Uh, in her own private plane, or was taken and never returned. Well, then she could have just crashed. It's possible, but the weather was flawless, and we have seen no signs of wreckage. And even if she had to ditch and was alone, she was a strong swimmer. Well, how about sharks? Anything is possible. Even that you, uh, you still have her hidden on this island, hmm? Yes, we shall have to search. I spent the rest of the day chewing my thumbs, and whenever I was out of sight of the police, doing my own searching, we both came up empty-handed. And finally, with many apologies, the uh, lieutenant was gone. I was alone again in paradise, which, all of a sudden, was a tomb in which a dead man lived the promise of joy snatched away from him by unlucky coincidence. Or was it coincidence? 
The sun was settling lower and lower as disconsolately but compulsively I roamed the curve of the beaches calling her name and answered only by the mocking seabirds. And then, suddenly and incredibly, walking out of the sun and as if on top of the surf itself, was Sunday. Sunday! Sunday! Oh, I thought I'd lost you. Oh, I, I don't know what I thought. that You'd, you'd carried out your threat. My threat? If, if, I, if I told about you, you'd be, you'd be gone. But you didn't. No, no, of course not. But, but they searched, and you were gone, and I couldn't... Oh, how, how did you get away? Oh, my darling, learn to accept what is. Forget the past and the future. There's still time for us. Do not do anything to lose a minute of it. For the moment, having found her again, I could promise anything... But with morning, lying together in each other's arms, the sun drenching the world with light, the questions came back. I told Sunday all about the lieutenant's visit, what he had told me, and I tried to face her with the need to end all the secrecy. Do you really see me as a spoiled heiress, gobbling up men like small fish, Slashing and wounding with my teeth like your Lady Barbara. A <laughs> barracuda. No, but, but come on, face it. It is quite a coincidence. You think that I plummeted into the sea, either pushed out of a plane or, or because I decided to end it all, and by chance got washed up on your island? Well, well where else did you come from? Mm, maybe from sea chambers, buried in the ocean's depths. My hair spun from glittering rock spume where the waves break. My sisters, Sylvans and Sylphs. And perhaps I am the one called Undine. Did you check me very carefully to make sure that, like the sailor's mermaid, I was not half fish? <laughs> oh, I know that isn't true. But how can you be sure that I'm not Undine? Wouldn't it be really terrifying? Why? Because I could be that most terrifying creature spawned by the sea. The woman temptress with no soul who could only find one by stealing it from a man. You want me to be Undine? No, but... Then ask no further questions. Let us make the most of the time we have left. So the last two weeks of my vacation were spent in a kind of dream a state of suspension during which I could imagine the ridiculous notion that some things were growing inside me. The way perhaps a woman carrying a growing child might feel. The shaking hands, the need for alcohol, the tunnel view of life, the blinding pressure, headaches, the death wish were all gone and forgotten. And then came that strange wonderful, awful, inexplicable day. Tom. Yeah? I... I have to go away, Tom. You know that. No, no, I... Don't open your eyes. Drink in the sun. That's your medicine. Remember, it's part of what you came here for. I came here to try to find something 
I found you. You came here to find yourself. That's the same thing. No. This is not your life, my dear one. This is only a projection of what your life should and could be. Remember the legend of Undine and her sisters. They were born with no soul. And the only way they could find one was to marry and bear children for a mortal. What does that to do with us? You are married. You do have children. And no matter what there's been between us, I couldn't touch your soul. I told you long ago that I would be here until it was time for you to go. The time is now. No, no. I stole as much of you as I dared. But I couldn't steal your soul. When you came here, you were like me, empty and lost inside. And all I could bring you from the sea was enough to fill up that emptiness. To give you back your soul. Your soul and your hope for the future. Did I fall asleep in the sun? Or was I lulled to sleep? When I woke up that last afternoon on my island seclusion, I was like a man after an operation, still drugged and only half aware. But inside me was an inner peace. And what should have been an unbearable ache was only a lovely memory. Doobie picked me up the next morning. Well, that's the last of your possessions, Mr. Reynolds. You are leaving a lot lighter than you came. In so many ways, Doobie. You ready for me to cast off? I guess. Nothing left for me to stay here for now. Was I ever really here? Did anything I think I might remember ever really happen? I told you it was a magic key. An enchanted island, sir. And it is dangerous to sleep as I found you in the full sun. Yeah. <laughs> My brains are a little addled. Maybe too much sun. Does it matter what is illusion and what is real? What is important is did you find what you came for? I... I don't think I found it. Somebody gave it to me. You look like a man at peace with the world. Are you ready now to return to it? I guess I am. Yes, Doobie. I know I am. Here we are at Main Island, sir. Oh, I forgot to tell you. Lieutenant Tarrant wishes a word with you. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, I see him waiting for me. Yeah, we're docked. You can talk to Lieutenant while I unload your gear. Oh, thank you, Doobie. Ah, you, uh, you're looking for me, Lieutenant? I have been waiting, yes, Mr. Reynolds. Oh, excuse me, I guess I should say Lieutenant. <laughs> it is of no importance. What is, is that I owe you an apology. Oh, the Didi I questioned you about. We found her this morning. You... You found her where? The plane was almost intact, lying in 30 fathoms of water, 180 feet down. Both doors sealed by the water pressure. No one could have escaped from that cabin. And Miss Cody was alone. Dead? Very. The doctor estimates at least three weeks, probably... A few days more. <laughs> that would be about three days after I crossed to the island. About it exactly, Mr. Reynolds. 
She was a pretty woman, although what pictures we have don't do her justice, they say. Would you like to see the girl I was almost ready to believe you'd abducted? No, no. Maybe better yes, Mr. Reynolds. Why? I told you. I am the son of a Vaudan. I would like to know that you are altogether at peace. For always. Yeah, well. Okay, let me see the picture. Uh, yeah, she she must have been a very pretty woman when she was alive. But now she's... She's dead, huh? Completely dead. So, everything is ashore, Mr. Reynolds. Time for you to go. So, it was all over. The picture. Perhaps. Perhaps not. It no longer mattered that Barbara, Cody, or some mermaid from God knows what deep green caverns in the sea. She, your Sunday, could never have existed. Never was. Had ceased to be. And what she came to steal, she gave back to me instead. My mortal soul. I'm home now, stepping off the ferry at Vineyard Haven and into the arms of a girl I thought I'd forgotten. And a love so intense, a new bride again, that my eyes are dazzled. Hello, darling. Oh, hello, Martha. Oh, my own love. Oh, you haven't said that to me in years. I'll make it up. I'll make up for it in all the years to come. Oh, Tom, you're your old self. <laughs> a gift from someone? Who? Someday I might tell you. Or maybe never. All that matters, my darling, is I'm home. To stay. A strange, complex, tender story with no answers except the last. Who stops to question miracles? And who really wants to know how an illusion is achieved? Once you know the mechanics, the magic is gone. I'll be back shortly. The first link in the long chain of man's evolution came to us from the sea. The richest and most nutritious foods we eat come from the oceans or are waiting to be harvested. So why not a presence, a something, a spirit clothed in whatever form you desire to nourish and feed the soul? The eternal sea coming and going with the tides in an everlasting cycle. It is the embodiment of life itself. Our cast included Paul Hecht, Marion Seldes, Leon Janney, and Ian Martin. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser, and True Value Hardware Stores. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our mystery theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, pleasant dreams.